1: <laughs> it would be a war spot, eh?
0: Hondo's full. People might get winning here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a- This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. We've over 1,000 therapists in the UK already. BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Bulls Fangast boys. Oh, it's going to be a fucking good show, isn't it? It's Rich Hobbs here and joining me on this Sunday evening. I've got Adam and Tom. Boys, how are we both feeling?
1: In the words of Connor Cody, beautiful, eh? What a day. What a day. Um, Just,
0: oh, I was going to say, I don't know where to start. Look. We usually keep all of these podcasts like, you know, we try and keep it sensible and we go through it (laughs) play-by-play. Let's have some fun today because boys, that was a big old win. It feels like we've been waiting forever and a day. Well, two weeks to be honest, for this game. But, oh, it was worth it. And, you know, there's a lot we've got to get through. We've got the goals, we've got the fans, we've got everything to kind of get through um and we will try you know between the enthusiasm we will try and actually talk a bit about the game as well because i think it was quite an interesting game um big shout out to everyone who is joining us live on youtube on twitter um, and and facebook and anyone who's listening back afterwards as well but look before we get into it i just was like this is the reason why we do these shows look uh, uh, pricey you've been on fancast for a few more years than Tom. We've had to do some crap. Yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. one went there. Yeah. Um, if the qu- question was, what, this, this is why we do it, then absolutely. Yeah. We've had some trudging dredge to watch haven't we, over the, over the years. And then, um, unfortunately you know in sort of my time doing the fan cast whenever we played the album it's normally ended up with a bad outcome <laughs> to be honest so like but today to be fair this is i, I know we've had like, the bad record against album but this is like today's result is definitely like one in the eye for like everyone who wanted to avoid playing album in the cup you're like no no you've got we've got to play them we've got we, we've got you can't just always hide from your eyes and you? you've got to. Want to play them whenever you can. And days like today is the reason why I want to play them because we're better than them and we've fucking beat them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> First
0: time uh, in over a quarter of a century we've won the Hawthorns. And, you know, shout out to everyone I say who's joining in live um, on socials. A uh, couple of great comments already um, as we start the show. Um, Emil, uh, Seattle real estate broker, woke up at quarter to four to watch the mayhem love it i feel like that's probably when some people woke up to start getting on it uh, a couple of people wondering where Stu is and why he isn't on um and mike evans regular contributor i imagine Stu is not sober it's not stopped just before doing a fan cast but you're probably not far from mark <laughs> to be honest so look let, let's get right into it um and into the game the build up was great the atmosphere was on point when the liquidator came on you know it it was it was perfect um but starting lineup i mean tom we talked about it in the previous show it was very much what we expected
2: wasn't it yeah absolutely the only um one sort of question mark was whether Sarabi was going to be fit enough to play. Um, so that was the only one, wasn't it? But I, I, I think it was, it was pretty straightforward from from O'Neill. I don't think he was going to play Ignori unless you know it was like an emergency. Um, you know, I just didn't thought of the game to come too soon for him. Um, and let's face it, he hasn't got many other options other than that, has he? So looking at that bench, it looked um, light, if we're being polite about it. Um, so yeah, I think the team picked itself. And once Sarabia wasn't fit, Bellegarde was obviously obvious. The obvious replacement. The only thing that did, obviously, then it, it pushed Bellegarde into the central position and that meant Neto went out wide, which um, obviously worked in our favour, um, you know, based on the, on the goal that we scored. Yeah, I think I think Bellegarde, like,
0: there were quite a few standout performances in that game. I think Bellegarde struggled to, hard a word, but he can't. probably didn't necessarily get the opportunity to make the impact he'd have liked in that game. He had a great sort of shot, I think, in what in the first in the second half week, I have curled one round the post. Um but it was a bit of a shame not to see him get a bit more of a bit more of a um, bit more of a focus. But I guess when you're in the front three of Mateus Kuna, Pedro Neto and Bellegarde, you're always sort of gonna be that third string in a way, aren't you? It's um
1: it's a struggle with Bellegarde because uh, he sort of started like Ace okay, on so Fire, didn't he, when he first um when he first joined us, I think it was Man City at home, wasn't it? His first game, mm. and I think obviously the the the, um, the twin impacts of like getting sent off plus having injuries kind of like um, slowed him down a little bit when it when it, ter- when it comes in terms of impact. But um, it's I've no doubt he's he's going to be a quality player for us. He still he's got that bit of uh, pizzazz about him sometimes. Um, but yeah, with today, it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a weird. Like front three, isn't it? Like Neto, Cunha, Bellegarde, because none of them are actually like out and out strikers, are they? In a way, they're kind of, mm. like, I mean, Cunha's the best best one we've got out of the three of those. It's like somebody's been asked to play that role as well. But I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think of a Bellegarde as playing in like a sort of an advanced forward or striker role. And Neto, I, I, Neto just gets to do what he wants. <laughs> Basically, Neto yeah. is, he's, is, is allowed to do where he wants, go where he wants, he can turn up at. Any house he wants to in in Wolverhampton right now. To be honest, he can just do what he likes. But um, yeah, is uh, it's a. I guess you could class it as like a f- more fluid, flowing front three. Our, our three soldiers on the front line. I guess you could say, given the uh, the graphic they just pulled up there, Rich.
0: Yes, <laughs> I as to say, I mean it. Starting the game, I, I know we. A lot have been sort of said in the build about how wolves best approach it. And I know, Pricey, you did a tweet a few days ago in terms of, you know, ideal outcomes. And you, you were spot on with your third one about it being a professional job. But with everything that went on, it's kind of easy to forget For Albion came out of the traps fucking flying. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I was too worried, but they really did just try and catch wolves off guard cold. Um, in those first
2: sort of five, even ten minutes, or so. I was quite <laughs> surprised, really, because I we all said on the the, uh, the sort of preview that we thought they were just going to sit in and just try and frustrate mm. us, um, and they went high line, high press, and then which you thought, well, that's clearly going to be working our favour with the pace that we've got up front, but to be. I'm not well, actually. I'm not going to say mm. to be fair to them. Fuck them. Um, but um, <laughs> they, uh, they they did, they started pretty well and they had us on the back foot for the first five or ten. Um, and at that point, yeah, it didn't look like it was going to be a sort of walkover that like a lot of few people predicted. Uh, especially down our left, they really see. I don't know if that was a target. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be a bit of a target for a lot of teams. I think when um, at least when Nate Norrie's not playing, um, but they got in about I don't know. Three or four times down down um, our left hand side. Um, Mad Jed Wallace looked like a half decent player for 10, 15 minutes, which was a, <laughs> uh, a bit depressing. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we generally we generally marshaled that reasonably well when the ball came in the centre. But yeah, the warning signs were there early doors.
1: I think I expected a bit though. We really um, well. I certainly did. I, I expected them to, as they're at the home team, big game. I expected them to come at us a bit right from the off. And um, you could kind of tell when, when we did manage to get the ball right at the start of the game, we, we slowed it right down. Like we had, when we got the ball, we were just happy just to take the sting out and and knock it about a bit. And I think that's probably, you could probably tell that O'Neill's probably told the players not to get too caught up in the emotion, the early doors, and not start thinking that we have to just go all out, attack at them right from the start, play with, with a better team. We just get the ball down, do what we do best, and just pass it about a bit. Let let them let the occasion get to them. As one of the comments just said there, I think Martin wasn't it said it was their cup final. Let the, let them come to us and let them ch- try and think that they can overpower us, which obviously they, they can't because they're shit. But um, we just got the quality on the ball. we got when you've got someone when you've got a midfield two of like Lamina and Doyle, right? That Doyle, Doyle is your absolute ball player, so when who takes care of the ball, looks after it. You got know, and Lamina's there. To help push 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 us forward, and it's obviously we know good he's winning the ball back if, if and when you know we do lose it. So I think yeah for the first 15 minutes I, I fully agree. You know we were predominantly on the back foot for that first 15 minutes, but for me it wasn't entirely unexpected. I think that that was probably one of their game plans to try and get an early goal and get their crowd of bird loving throstle lovers on side, and then we could just take the game from there. And That kind that sort of how I saw it panning out.
0: Yeah, and, and it, it did almost sort of feel like as soon as we got past that first 10 minutes or so, it it did sort of click into place and whether it was deliberate or just they had cut us off guard and I think it did help just calm it down a little bit. I think you, I can completely understand why West Brom, and he said West Ham there, I can completely understand why West Brom kind of wanted to see if they could just catch us off guard in the first 10 minutes. Cause then they've got that potential opportunity to just sit deep and really deep. And then actually, as soon as you can't kind of go through that first 10 minutes, you kind of got to work out what you want to do for the rest of the game. And all of a sudden it just felt like, hang on, Tommy balls, Tommy dolls getting on the ball soon. Lamina's getting on the ball more. Samedo starting to advance a bit more. And, you know, th- Fair play to West Brom, because for a decent amount of time, they were pressing us really high at the pitch. Even, you know, we'd we'd get possession back. They'd pull everyone back behind the ball, but they wouldn't just retreat back into their own half. There was one point where they had about, I think it was about seven outfield players in our half, like, you know, defensively lined up. And I, I... do I do have a level of admiration for trying to hold us to it. Um, but yeah, you're right with that left-hand side. I don't know whether it was sort of Doherty in his slightly more natural position. Maybe Toti being a bit of a weak link, but you know, the, the, the good thing I guess is that, you know, if they do get a bit of space and Jed Wallace does get a bit of room, as soon as that ball went in, just Kilman and Dawson and, you know, in particular, Totty just, taking care of business because I think so. Kilman was
2: uh, standout today for me yeah I think they did really well I think we've always we've been good at that this season The balls into the box I think they just back themselves you know the, the two big year well, or three big units that yeah read at the back so um, I just think I just I just think I fancy it so they don't generally mind if the balls are coming in um I think with with this Wolves team in particular, it's probably as credit O'Neill as much as the players. Is they seem to work out a way to play against the opposition, or at least as the season has gone on, they've seemed mm. to sort of work out a way, you know, to either stifle the opposition or to find little pockets of space to help us going forward. I mean they always seem whenever they cut to O'Neill on the side, he's always got I think it's an iPad in his hand and he's talking to, you know, the the coaching team and he's always seemed yeah. to be I don't know, it's like he's in games like football manager in an in-game and trying to work out shapes and where to put people and just just generally work out the dynamics of the game. Um so I do think we seem to see that, you know, and I think that might may have been the case today where, you know, okay, they wrote out the first ten, fifteen, but after that, it was sort of a reasonably measured, controlled um, approach to the rest of the game, which seems to, to sort of stifle them and, and, and oh. count in our favor, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I know like West Brom won the XG battle, so to speak, but I, I don't know. And this is probably a little bit of bias as well. I didn't really ever feel particularly troubled, like, even in those first five ten minutes, where you know, I think they had a shot, they got a couple of corners or whatever. I just just didn't ever kind of feel that that squeaky bum time at all, really.
1: Let them have the extra G because they also claim they won it in the stands as well today, so, according to, to Twitter. So that's, that's the real quiz. That well. Yeah,
0: it's it, it, <laughs> that like a new metric we're judging. Like, I, I it might be because Wolves haven't played in a derby in front of fans in a while. I didn't realize winning it in the stands was a thing, or is it only a thing because of what happened today?
1: I don't even know what what, what how I don't even know how someone can even tweet that. We have you in it? the stands afterwards? Have you, have you, what have you won in the stands today? I don't know. Tell me. Apart am having like four, five of your own fans chucked out, yeah, so I'm I'm interested to hear more on that one. <laughs> like,
0: I, I was going to say I, I'll happily throw it to the uh, YouTube listeners slash watchers uh, to see if they can give us a uh, to give us an answer on that. To be honest, but yeah, it, it just felt like Bulls did sort of all of a sudden find their gear particularly kind of going forward and you know we knew we were going to have to break them down to a certain degree if we were not going to get those opportunities on the counter attack um which we obviously you know did did get eventually but you know the 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 patience and how they kind of went about it and i think it's kind of underpinned by you know the likes of kuna getting on the ball the likes of doyle just being that you know absolute. Hand on a steering wheel um, to kind of just keep things steady, and I think I think Doyle in particular. I like, I'm trying to think of the last time he played where I didn't go. He's had a really good game today. Mm-hmm. Like I just, just every week now, and I think the game against Brighton on Monday and today as well. Probably more Brighton, to be honest. It's like. Those two games, it's like I can understand how he's been a Man City player, and he's kind of come through their academy because just his temperament in those occasions, how he picks the ball off when he needs to, how he dictates the play, his range of passing, just everything about his play. Like I, I I can understand why. He's progressed. For he has, but unfortunately, just hasn't quite made it. At you know that, that kind of top table, so to speak. But ju- just for quiet operator who we needed today to just make sure it didn't blow over. But uh, you know that his performance. I guess what I'm trying to say is like his performance ensured that we had those opportunities, particularly on the counter-attacking kind of Made sure that we had West Brom chasing shadows a bit more.
2: I think so. he's got it's it's, uh, it's an easy comparison to make and I'm not I'm not saying he's on that level yet but he's very much got the Matinho about him for me the way the way he plays the way he keeps the ball moving and just ticking he always seems to be available you know or making himself available for a pass um he doesn't shirk from a tackle uh, which which is nice um and he's really really grown as a player since the season started you know a few games at start the season I, you know I wasn't judging him too hot, you know too much because it was early days but I wasn't, I wasn't but no. impressed but I didn't really see too much really which which made me think that Gomez and Lamina are going to have got enough, much to worry about. Um, but now O'Neill's really got a selection headache in a good way because we've got three mm. top quality centre mids now and in a system where you only play two, um, whoever's on the bench it's gonna be it's gonna be very harsh to, to to leave them out unfortunately. But I mean what a great problem to have for a change.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, you know, we had a comment on uh, YouTube from Sean Crow. Uh, does Doyle keep the spot? Gomez might be the better player, but I think uh, Doyle connects us um, back to front better. And I th- think he's sort of right. And I know, like, at the start of the season, I, I I completely agree, Tom. I think he struggled. I know he was coming back from an injury and kind of getting, uh, you know, acclimatised to the team and whatever. But uh, well, I was like, well... How do you kind of get the, the chemistry to work between, between your centre midfield pairing? But it sort of feels now Tommy Doyle's got himself up to full speed, has got form, and it kind of feels like due to um, Gomez's injury and Lemina's absence as well, it sort of feels like he could be the one who could play with anyone. As well, and you say like, it's such a nice problem to have because, like, against some teams, well, let's have Gomez and Doyle. Against other teams, you know what? Let let us go pound for pound and go Gomez and Lamina, or you could go Lamina and Doyle, and just there was
1: just no drop off at this point. I think um there might be an element of horses for courses with it. I just say that yeah. as the season goes on, he'll decide. You know it's been on who the opposition is who, who he who he decides to go for i think at the minute um doyle and lamina also have a bit more of a, a goal threat than compared to lamina and gomez uh, we've seen what Tommy Doyle can do because we saw it in the brentford um the brentford cook game you know what, what what he can do um at the minute like i say i i, I think based on recent performances, it will be very hard for him to to drop that, that combination of, of Lamina and Doyle. I think, you know, that at the minute, as the old-fashioned word for Dave Jones used to say, he's got the shirt at the moment, what, he, what, what he'd say. I, I don't think Gomez can expect to walk straight back into the team, unfortunately. But I do think, as I say, as the season goes on, you know we will find that horses for courses approach, and before, we've also got Bubakar Truare, who unfortunately is not going to get a look in at the moment. You know, with, with these three ahead of him, I, I do scratch my head as to how he's going to get any game time at all. Um, and then yeah, I think it's a nice, like I say, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice problem to have because I mean, I'll I, as Tom what as you said that uh, I when he, when he first joined, when Doyle first joined, I wasn't. You know shaking from the rooftops about him I, I wasn't quite sure of him but you know conscious that he would literally just joined and he played the odd, the odd game here and there but as he's come into the team and grown into the team you can see why o- o'neill rates him i think he's already given us more than Mateus Nunes certainly has throughout the Nunes's time last year and you know what a deal that was <laughs> for us you know the money we've got off city plus doyle i mean do you guys remember what? Uh, have we got what? What the, the price was that we could buy him for?
2: Is it, is it five tenths, million? Is I want to say half five. or something. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: yeah. I mean, just sign on the dotted line now. Let's just yeah. <laughs> let's, just let's, yeah. just, let's yeah. just let's just have him now. Well, you know what? Market? If that is the only like we, it's easy to forget. Like we got
0: transfer window closing in a few days. So we've done fuck all in it. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, but like, you know what? If a club turned around and said, fave agreed to the option to sign him on a permanent deal that would
2: be a really good pr thing for a club i reckon yeah it's right. just a, it's a no-brainer isn't it Absolute yeah. no-brainer I mean, yeah right now it's just, with,
1: just
2: yeah, a no-brainer yeah, yeah. dross we've wasted millions on and you can get in for four and a half it's just yeah think think city about 50 percent sell on have not they? and i could see doyle could potentially go for big money in the future so that's how they've got so think. Low, you've got to it? take it, haven't
0: you? Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. And yeah, you know, I think like, even if we got a fifty percent sell on, and we're signing him for five million, I reckon we'll, we'll we'll turn a nice profit either way. I reckon, but uh, it got to the point in the first half and sort of played into Wolf's favour. In my opinion, in my opinion, anyway. But you know, I, I talked about it. We talked about in preview show that. We didn't want it to be cagey. We actually need West Brom to come and attack us so Wolves can, you know, use our ability to break teams down in transition. And that's what very much happened for the first goal, isn't it? And again, it's that combination of, yeah, it's a goal on the counter-attack, but it's meticulous in terms of, you know, Doherty, like just anticipating the corner, picking it off picking the pass out to Neto, and i i I believe again pricey you might have tweeted with apologies if i'm um not but the sarcastic cheers from the albion fans as they thought they'd stopped him for a second and a half later for him to roll it past the goalkeeper it's just fucking (laughs) I oh, just inject it into me. Just uh, a member the celebration, you know, fingers to the ears. it is it, becoming a staple at Molyneux now. Um after the uh, after the forest stuff. But it was just absolute clinical. And you know, still with the on the YouTube comments, um, you know. Doc was great today. Um, we've had uh, another one. You know, his uh, Doty's touch was amazing. Just it, it was ruthless, and even the fact that yeah, oh, whether you got lucky, or whatever, just oh just, just brilliant.
1: Yeah, Doc really um, he did really well there. To be honest, um, reading the corner, but that 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 goal was as pure netto that you can get like if you wanted to describe to someone who doesn't know anything about football like goals and netto scores it's it's that one You know, a breakaway on, on the counter um like i say fair, fair play to doc he's read the corner um release netto and that's just what he does on that, that's how that's what he's done for us so many times like a breakaway is get is allowed to be shown inside, you know, you get any fair enough. Like, he gets a little bit of luck with you know, he really rides the challenge, but um, it's a cracking finish, and yeah, it's just that 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 sound is just the, the soundtrack to my day. That initial cheer that's been tackled, then half a second later, it just felt that part which was complete silence, and just hear the wall spans at the other end. It's just amazing, it's absolutely amazing. I've not yet done a deep dive.
0: Um, and depending on how I'm feeling, at about two a.m. in the morning, I might do. But gone down like West Brom vlogging, you know, areas <laughs> of YouTube yet. Yeah. But I did get, I, I did see on Twitter um, like a TikTok of someone who must have been in the Albion end, recording it from their point of view behind the goal, and it is just fucking joyous because you literally see the people next to them go like. Aah. And then just silence. The wolves roar. Neto starting running over, and then just flicking these elephants like (laughs) centre. Because like he, he must. like I feel like he'd have. Neto probably would have done that, regardless of the sarcastic cheering.
2: I'd say, but it 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 didn't. It did help justify it. Yeah, he's got that little. Edge about him, must not he? That we love, um, yeah. So you can't, you can't beat it, can you? I just love the shot when the ball's in the net and then you, you just see all the Albion, Albion fans behind the goal with like head in hands or stuff like that? Just <laughs> I'm not bothered about the, the highlight of the ball or anything. Just look at the fans behind no. the goal, it's just you can't, I just can't beat it. It's so good, no.
1: and just pick out pick out someone new each time, yeah. Pick out the next person, his head's in the hands, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I was going to say, and to be it came at a good time as well, 38th minute just before half time. And like, I, w- I wouldn't say like we dominated the game, but because I felt like it felt like we were just sort of holding on to arm's reach, not really asserting ourselves more than we needed to just in case, but not giving them any momentum either. But then to kind of go in, you know five, ten minutes before half time, eventually, like 1 nil up did make a big difference. Um, so, yeah, half time comes along, all looking rosy. Um, second half, again, it, it progresses. We're still looking good. We're still creating chances. Um, the games open up and it started to get a little bit more heated on the pitch as well. I think it's the thing I sort of noted and I think one which really aggravated me more was I think um, there, left back Townsend sort of putting like a bit of a needless one on Saar, um which kind of went a bit unpunished mm-hmm. and you know actually you look at a replay and he just kind of pretty much elbow him in the back nowhere near the ball. it's like okay that 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 for me it felt like in a derby game that almost comes in the first half not in the 60th, 70th minute.
1: To be fair, I always, I always thought, going into the game, I always had my reservations about how long Cunha would last on the pitch, to be honest, because I thought if, if Albion do try this, you know, uh, like a wind-up strategy, who else are you going to pick? Who's the, who's the obvious stand-out stand, candidate that you're going to roll up from the Wolves team? It's, it's going to be Cunha, you know, the fiery Brazilian up front. Which that never seemed to happen. So you're right, when the second half started, you had like the you know, we'll come and speak to some other incidents in a minute, but that was a, that was the first real one, wasn't it? Wasn't it? it was an elbow or a knee to the back of SAR? Mm. Uh that was you know fairly blatant, let's say, because the ball had long since been claimed. But that was the that was the only thing for me with going into this game. I always thought one, it's a good thing that Gomez has already suspended because he would have probably lasted about fifteen minutes in the Black Country Derby. And two, Cunha, Cunha we saw, we saw um, in the Brighton game, you know how how much he gets rolled up. Uh, I could see that it's a, it's a pretty, would have, it would have been, you know, a, a certain like a, a a clear option from Albion when you think, well, who, who could we possibly wind up enough to, to. To self destruct, and I thought it would be, I thought it would be him, it would be Kunya. But to be fair, you know, he, he kept well clear. You know, he kept out of anything, any flash points. He wasn't involved, or there wasn't that meant too many flash points anyway to be involved in. But I felt the yeah, I thought that was the only thing. I thought well, in the second half after that that incident with Sar, I thought oh, if, if I do start trying it now, I just thought mm, please not on on Kunya. But it, I guess it didn't really, really materialise that much.
0: No, I think that the. The main one was the, um, on Kuna was the Carl Bartley.
1: Carl Bartley one, yeah.
0: Forearm slash elbow. And, I mean, that, as Goody said, like, you know, it's the, the mark of a dickhead defender sort of thing. But he's he is just going to throw himself at Kuna because, like, he's got no other choice. But, it again, it's like ones like that. It just had that little bit of nasty streak to it. In the sense that like, yeah, blocking. You can't do anything about it. But sort of just li- raise your arm up a bit, that's a bit not on. And I think um Sorry, also, I said, like, Yeah, it upset, yeah. I think I feel like I, I, feel, I can't remember the last show I said I think like pick it like imagine Craig Dawson squaring up to you. Like I know Carl Bartley's a big guy, Dawson's got old man strength as I say, he's three years old. (laughs) Like, just, and and like, you know, to be fair, Kilman's kind of going over, trying to like shout at them and also keep the peace. But, it was like a couple of those points where it was like, hang on, this is not working in Wolves' favour to the extent that actually our players are starting to get hit here. But I did sort of think, you know what, the more they're committing, the more space it's going to leave him behind and you know, like Neto was my worry. It's site.
2: Like,
0: I, I was worried about Neto because I've got flashbacks of Paul Robinson and Michael Kitely. And I'm sort of like, you know, don't, don't, don't touch our star boy. Um, but it's also like, actually, you know what, it just takes one late, you know, I say time challenge and, you know, for him to commit too early and Neto just has the pitch effectively. Um, but I know it wasn't necessarily through to that, but again, Max Kilman, great game defensively, picking out just a little ball over the top to Kuna, who again, I've watched it back about a million times, as, as we all probably have. I don't quite comprehend his sheer acceleration from his touch, to like the amount of space he gave him to just be in the middle of the box with no one around him to then just slot it home. And then, the celebration, just uh, we, we we talk iconic. I mean, I I, I, I put out a poll on Twitter uh, just before the show a couple of hours ago, sort of saying which which was for more iconic celebration: Neto doing the years or Kuna literally circling around the and pointing to the war's badge. You know, this is ours now. And uh, we had a great tweet back. Was like. One of those celebrations incited a riot. I think we know which one's more iconic. Um, But look, before we get on to all of that nonsense, let's talk about the goal because it it, it did just completely kill off West Brom, so to speak, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I think the reason why the Albion defence was caught out is because I think Kuhn is the only one who read the absolute shank by Kilman because there is no <laughs> way that that was aimed at Kuhn. <laughs> what are you <laughs> saying? <he didn't laughs> nah. I love Max, he had a great <laughs> game and an assist, but there is absolutely no chance that's aimed at Kuhn. He's just shanked it. Um, but great, why not? Um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, really good. The keeper's in absolute no-man's land. If I'm there, I'm a bit pissed off at the keeper to be fair, because he he looks p- like he can come for it and then he doesn't mm. and then he's just so far yeah, out yeah. his goal, Kuna said he gotta put it through his legs. Um It was very much a man caught between two bus stops, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was very much so. <laughs> <a, yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, fair play to Kuna. He, he's the type he's I, I was begging for him to score because he he's just got this bond, doesn't he, with the fans? Um and he's still got such a nice, nice bloke because of his interviews after the game he's just like Constantly smiling, and just everything he does is just to please the fans. To be honest, so um, yeah, it's in, in the old folklore now. So I could watch that celebration just again and again. Yeah, you could
1: yeah. just for the, for the whole rest of the show, Rich, you could just have that on loop over and <laughs> over, over again. it Would be great. I mean, you could. You, you remember um, the uh, forest shootout? You know where mm. you know he, he just loves it. He loves he loves that connection with the fans when he when he was copying Gibbs White in. in uh, in the shootout, and we've got this today, where he, I think he just he just gets it, doesn't he? He just gets it yeah, with yeah. us, with the fans. He's got that. He's, he's someone who it seems as though he's he's glad to he's glad to be here. He's one of those who wants to be here. He's got the skill. He's got the quality. You know, I, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm on my own on this, but I I, I wasn't sure of his actual like finishing ability because you know when we first bought him under Laportege, you know he barely. You know, he didn't get many goals. He did back end of last year, but this year, you know, in you know, he's, he's been asked to play a very specific role in the team. He's, he's doing what's been asked of him. Uh, you know, ideally, I think O'Neill has told us all that he wouldn't be playing this role if we could get another number nine in up front. He'd have a, he'd have a different role in the team. But yeah, this season so far, he's, he's, been, he's been electric, hasn't he? With his um goal involvements as to call it i know the goals and assists that he's getting this year or this season rather um it's been phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and that's then helped his connection with with the fans as well and i think as i watched some of the, the the post-match interviews um on on uh twitter i'm sorry x now as i as call it and they said that you, you you're 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 now a Wolves legend because you, mm. yeah. you scored against you scored against the Albion, and I, I suppose that also makes Neto a legend as well. But um, he just he's got a beam and smile on his face when when has been interviewed, and I, I, I love him. He's in Kilman's my favourite player of the team, but Cunha's in danger of overtaking him because I just love Cunha at the moment. He's just everything he's touching is turned to gold, old gold.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you're right, he, even in terms. What last season? I think I had it down according to the great people at Wikipedia. Two goals in twenty games. In like, let alone the assists that he's got this season, which sort of matches it anyway. He's got eight goals in twenty-five games. Like he's a he's a one-in-three striker, and like I feel like it can be easy to kind of get lost in like you know. It, it sounds silly when I say it, I know, but, like, the Messi and Ronaldo stats in terms of, oh, you should, a striker should be scoring a goal in a game, or even, like, Harry Kane's or Luis Suarez's or Lewandowski's, like, you can't think, oh, well, that's what a striker should be scoring. But, frankly, for Wolves, to have a player, a centre-forward, who is getting you a goal every three games on average, plus getting you an, an assist every, you know, two to three games as well, it's just something else. And, you know... He does it with a smile on his face. He he goes about things. It seems like the right way. He seems a great character. You can understand like why he's seen as a leader as well. In terms of you know that connection he's got with fans as well, and it's like such an innate thing. You can't you can't teach it.
1: Like in, it helps ups playing that, quite a lot more attacking football this year, isn't it as well? It yeah, just help it? him a bit. Uh, Compared you know, to the fact take a lot. Is a lot. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like, like you say, we've got him. We've got Huang. We've got we are scoring goals. We're scoring. like I mean, they mentioned it in commentary today. That said, that we're on course for a highest goal scoring season ever in the Premier League. And you, you think, God, remember when we like had Bruno and we were nil nil in it or one nil in it every yeah. game, and it was just. And, and now look at us. Like they say, we've got Kuna who's regularly getting involved we've got huang who's already in double figures amazing it's just it, it's brilliant and all on all this without a proper striker as we're you know as as we're told and we've just loaned out to the ones that we have got um but yeah it, it's it's brilliant and I'm I'm and me personally I'm much more I'm much more confident now with Kunya when he when he gets a chance to have mm-hmm. a shot on goal. Normally, like like you say, Rich, like last year, his stats didn't really back up back himself to, to be a you know a, a clinical striker. But no, different manager, different team, different mentality, different setup. You know, he looks he looks more the part now up up, up front in, in the role he's got. And um, well, speak for everyone when I say it's just, you know, long wait long wait continue.
0: Yeah. He snatched at one, I think, in the first half. We, like, had yeah, two shots in the first half. One from quite far out, which he probably could have taken a bit further. And it almost felt like yeah. he was finding his range in a way. And then he's, you know, he hit one over the bar. But at no point did I feel like, oh, he's having a stinker. If that makes mm. sense, I'm like, no, it'll come. He'll get a chance, and you you back him at this point. So, yeah, just just phenomenal. Um, it, it really wasn't it, it was at that point where I guess the game did turn on its head um and I guess we're sort of still waiting for some of the um reasonings behind kind of what happened i i, I don't ever like to stop with words like allegedly and supposedly because you know it it doesn't sort of tie us up nicely but basically um it all kicked off in the stands um, after the goal. From what we are led to believe, I think there were Wolves fans who were in the Albion section who then celebrated. It all kind of overflowed. Lots of police got involved. Lots of West Brom fans got very angry. Um, it all kicked off between the police. Fans were on the pitch. It, it, it was ugly
1: scenes. You know what though, you know, when all this happens, right, Rich, and uh like the commentary says, Oh, we don't want to see this. Like, no, this is exactly what we want to well, no, <laughs> This is like, exactly yeah, what we've all tuned yeah. in why to you, see.
0: Why are you panning away from it? I want to see <laughs> what is happening. Yeah. I, I think you know, I, I I do I I understand like when comment commentators say it, but also at the same time you know 20 odd thousand people have got to see what is happening in that situation more people at home um you know like it just it's like what what is happening what is going on where you can't physically show us and you know it, it it's very frustrating but it's just like no i want to see as um you know we've had a youtube comment uh Pop in and say can we have a special mention for Sam Matterface's use of the word baton uh, <laughs> on <comments. laughs> uh, yeah it, it it all went it all went sideways and you know the emotion spilled over and like a bit of it you understand like, understand you can't of accept as a bit of part and parcel that the police will get involved but then it just it just didn't calm down. And it, well, it did kind of get to that point, and obviously, you know, the players went back, and started, it was like, "Is this game actually going to continue?" <laughs>
2: yeah, that was that was a, that was the fear, wasn't it? You know, it was either going to be like a, a win by default, or they'd bloody find a way to abandon it and we have to replay. Although, I did think when it was all going on, there was absolutely no way they're going to replay this game. They're no, not going God to put themselves <laughs> in exactly the same situation again, are they? So, mm. um, again, yeah, I mean, from what you what we hear is it was maybe i listened to the radio on the way back i listened to wm and actually had an albion fan who called in and he said it was just literally just one wolves fan which is obviously Mm. stupid you know i mean i don't you know think you should be getting tickets in the home end full stop but if you are don't be a fucking idiot do you know what i mean just just sit there and just sit there and shut up um and if you celebrate you probably are going to get a kick in but then for all that to happen for allegedly one wolves fan in that end where there's a, there's an a different stand is clearing out to get involved is just <laughs> unbelievable. Like what what are you doing? Um, so I'm not I'm not, you know, saying that that walls are the innocents here, but I think that's the case. I've got like, to answer for, and you see some of the footage that you know. It, it, you look like the Albion fans are just having to go police for for, for no reason. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure stuff will come out, and, and neither team comes out of this with any. No, you know, we're it's, it's no, not going to come out of this with any any glory. The team, so you know, I'm not gonna be pointing fingers or anything like that. Um, but, it does seem yeah. weird,
1: though, doesn't it? I mean, like you look at it online, and like you can see, like the, the one the one guy who's got in there, and then like there's some footage of it, or when it all starts kicking off, and you're thinking. Well, exactly like the same as you, Tom. I say, for one, I'd never sit in the home end for a, like a Wolves away game, and I would never ever do it for this game. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, You Just, just want to just... be able to enjoy yourself. You can't. You wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't trust myself to sit on my hands. Yeah. With Neto's mm, yeah. goal, never mind when you know when Cunha scores and you feel that that's going to wrap it up. I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, it, I don't know if it's brave or stupid if you're going to do it. You know, people can make their own minds up on that. But it, all I can say is it's something that that I would never do, probably for, for the reasons that, that that's happened today. But um, it is, as Tom says, it is quite funny when like the the fans of the other stand can see something's going on, and they're that pissed off, probably oh, the shit, shit they are, and they're losing to us. Finally, that they, they want to pile in from their stand into this other one to try and try and get at it, and all that happens is that their own fans start getting clubbed over the head with their batons, as Matterface says. And half um, of them and then start calling on the pitch and getting arrested and going to hospital. And I did. I also did think at the same time, I thought, that, well, I did tweet at the time, there's no way that this game can get called off now because that's going to create even more trouble. And we are well, you know, we're in the last knockings of the game here, really. So I, I did breathe a little sigh of relief when I think that, you know, they called it out on, on the TV that, if it was to be abandoned the result would be taken as a that point we just take the two nil away and that's it um but I I feel like you wanted to see the game end obviously it was never it was never going to be the same tempo mentality you know once we've restarted given the length of the delay but um yeah it was um it was mental, but it was, it was something like this was always going to happen. In a way, they, could, they can put the game on at whatever time in the morning that they wanted to start the game. They could start it at seven in the morning if they wanted to. Us English football fans will just get pissed anyway, <laughs> no matter what the time of the game is. We're going to start drinking early, or you know, some will, and they'll. It, it doesn't matter. It's just going to happen. So, you know, it's. It, it was quite weird because I, I watched it in the, um, the hangar in town and um it was very weird to get there at like just after 10 in the morning and walk into what was almost like a full-blown rave at like one in the morning <laughs> and this was a sunday 10 in the morning and, and everyone's on the mad tree. there's girls walking around with like luminous tables of shots of jaeger and stuff and i'm just i'll just check constantly looking at my watch thinking yeah yeah it says quarter past 10 sunday morning and that, it was just bizarre. The whole the whole thing was just bizarre. Um, but yeah, I can understand why like, you know, people sort of going for it and why tensions can get boiled over, especially like from the Albion end, because you know, this is it's it's our time now to start beating them at their own place. Yeah. I mean I think the thing that not
0: for well, a lot a lot frustrates me about it. Like I can understand it all sort of spilling over. Like but then when you've can't got those like additional Fucking idiots just running onto the pitch. Yeah. Um like that that's what I don't get. And you know, our man Dan got a great video um um of it with some of the notable, sit down yourself, sit down, yourself, sit down, yourself. Yeah, and like you you know, you see the pictures and It's horribly stereotypical, isn't it? When you look at the people who effectively got, you know, who just thought, I'm gonna take a chance. Why not? And it is just like, you know, the fucking dregs of society by the looks of it.
1: I'll never I'll never understand what what gets what someone gets to the point where I think I'm going to do this now. I'm actually going to run on the yeah. pitch. I'd, I'd love to know what's the tipping point, you know, when you get to that point where you're going to risk it all just to have yeah. like a complete arsehole of yourself. <laughs> like, what You know, I think you know, whether
0: it's for, you know, for a woman who starts trying to like knock the ball between the steward's legs. The way I look <laughs> at it is what's the best that is going to happen to him in that situation. That she's not going to make the um, the steward and pull you know, Albion women are going to go. We got a fucking player, not Anzhi. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what is the best you can do in that situation? And I don't know. I've I've been to quite a lot of football matches in my time, but I've never felt the need to, you know, throw full bottles of water at players, throw coins at opposition fans. Any of that? I, I, I just I, I don't get it on a base level, to be honest. And I don't fucking like the Albion, but. Just to think, like, I can understand, like, it between our fans and their fans. And that tribalism kind of going a bit too far. Uh, But then, like, I don't understand. I really don't understand just going on the pitch and saying, hey, look at us. (laughs) Fucking morons. I, You know. Yeah.
2: They did it in the under 23s. Oh yeah, they twenty three 23s last year. I mean, yeah, Jesus, like what are you doing? <laughs> Seriously, it feels, like it feels a bit like uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because
0: we haven't played many derby games in you know in front of fans in the last well ten plus years. But like I remember, like you know Villa Blues when someone came onto the pitch and snapped Jack Grealish. Um, a while back. Literally, our son's just commented at the same time as me. Um, you know, remember the blues hanging round for pitch and Hitch uh, greenish, according to him. But um, <laughs> well, I, I can't talk about typos, so um you know it, it just felt like such the lowest common denominator, and the thing that frustrates me most about it is it is a stick to beat from non-football fans to beat football fans over the head with. Like that game had to be played at the crack of dawn um you know police you know it's action section 70 or something where you could do stop and search that didn't fucking work because our pyro is going off yeah it's like all all this stuff and it's like and we still have incidents like that
1: like can we not just be a bit better um, well, like, like, like Tom says, no, no one comes out looking well. Though. We're going to get I, a bit of punishment for this, as well as it's... as well as they will. They'll get they'll get in trouble for like passing tickets on to Wolves fans, who are, clearly there were some that were in there in the home end. Yeah. We'll get in trouble probably for being in the home end. I guess. I mean. All there a lot with the opposite end of the pitch, main away fans. So like they're just laughing, they're just sitting there or standing there laughing at them. And but unfortunately, we're still going to get to probably get a bit of bother because of the ones that were in the home end. But um, that's Albion's fault for not being able to sell the fucking tickets, aren't they? Because yeah. like again,
0: I, I know. Look, we've got uh, you know four months to worry about it, three and a half months to worry about it, because um, obviously we're playing Liverpool at the end of the season, aren't we? And you know, there will be Wolves selling those tickets, and it's a different thing. And could have this, you know, it's a conversation for another day about selling your tickets to you know the opposition fans, etc. But it's just like on a Derby day, really, and you expect you know the expectation for people to control themselves. And genuinely, it makes me a bit sad that A, a Wolves fan doesn't have you know the sense of decency or modesty or humility not to react too much like, I lost my shit and I was watching it on the TV in my living room if I was in the stadium, again like you said Pricey, would I trust myself and I'd be a bit, you know I don't know if I could give you an answer on that but also at the same time like, you've then got to hope, you know, it makes me sad that then, Albion fans, the only way we can react to this situation is, you know, to Inside of riot, and it's like, it's like no one comes out of it well. And you know the players have to go back inside for about ten minutes. In the end, it felt, it felt like it felt like an eternity, to be honest. Um, God, you man, know, yeah, and it, you know you end up. You know Pedro Neto doesn't come back out. Uh, West Brom make free changes, and you know the Pedro Neto one was literally because they didn't want him pulling his hamstring.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tay does come out a bit well his uh, good old Gary you see what he said after uh, the game he had a little little dig at the old Albion fans and he said something like uh, well I thought the Wolves fans were really well behaved or something like that like, well done he knows was, exactly what he's doing there yeah
0: <laughs> it was very um, and, and this is going to be a really sad reference it's very Albus Dumbledore giving out um, house points in Harry Potter it's for like you, you guys in Gryffindor You can have these extra points on top of it. Thank you. Um, Less about my graphs, about the um, the point system in a fictional universe, though. Um, But yeah, look, we saw the game out. I mean, I was a bit worried. Like, how is that last fifteen minutes in total gonna play out? Because you know, it's like, is it just gonna be muted? It really wasn't actually. Like, West Brom did still kind of go for it and did. You know, interestingly, try and use their time to really test us. But again, it, they didn't get didn't get posted,
2: did right? No, but if you look over the whole game, yeah, okay, we didn't have, it was a bit of a, um, I don't know, bitty game, if you want to say that. Like, I don't think it was a great spectacle, you know, from a footballing point of view. Um but chances wise really we talked about the first five or ten minutes, um, but again they didn't really fashion a chance out of that. It was sort of, you know, final pass territory. Um they had that one the the worst one for me was the one they blazed over at one nil from the mm. Santee, I think blazed over yeah. at one nil. I think that one, and then they had the one that they flashed across the box where Kilman did brilliantly just to get in front of Asante the there where they were peeling for the pen, which obviously wasn't. Um but that was it really. I Sar I had much to do, did he? And again, Gary said in his, his post-match he said he thought it was a reasonably comfortable 2-0, which again was, was very nice to, to hear. It it, it it did just, I think,
0: not even on the balance of play, or whatever you want to call it, just upon reflection, it, it was a quite an easy 90 minutes for this football team, you know, and That's sometimes all you can ask for. But look, it means we're also in the fifth round. Um, Draw was done today. (sighs) Could have been a bit of a nicer draw, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, You know, Wolves will face Brighton in the fifth round um, after we beat West Brom. Um, It will be played during the final midweek of February. Um, And if we win that, we're into the quarterfinals it's a bit good and we didn't get Maidstone, isn't it?
1: Oh, it was, I, I did watch the draw and, um, it, uh, I, I did think it was on, to be honest, because the the, the, the were a few balls into the draw and like neither, neither number had been pulled out yet. And I thought that this could happen here. And when we come out first for the home draw, I was willing that number nine ball to come out for Maidstone. I really was. And, Probably like everyone else, when they realised it was Brighton, just like felt a bit uh, deflated. Like an, another Premier League team that we have to face, and another one that you know we've not had the best of records against recently. But you know, Brighton, they're, you know, they're obviously a really good team, but they're not. They're, I guess by their recent standards, you know that they're not. They're not performing to their best. You know, the best that we've seen them. You know, in recent in, in the last six season or two it's going to be really tough anyway but it's i'm glad that it's a home draw put it that way and um this is where like you know i'm one of the ones i'm in the up for the cup gang and but this is the time now you the fifth round onwards is where you really start to really feel that and like and like then the other everyone else all comes on board because you win that then you start talking of quarter, you're in the, the finals stage, quarter finals, mm. and then you think, oh, we're only one win away from Wembley, and this is when we all start to get carried away a little bit, but that's part of the fun, that's part of the fun of, of you know, getting a few wins in the Cup and getting to this stage, you get to look ahead a little bit, and dream a little bit. I know that, that's sort of what I like love about,
0: you know, third and fourth round, they're not quite gimmies, but for, well, for 44 teams, you know, Prem and Championship, it's blocked off in your footballing calendar. So it's like, you know what? If you get knocked out in the fourth round, like, hopefully it's against a decent opposition, but, you know, you don't lose much sleep. The fact that we saw off Brentford, who we've got a little bit of history with, you know, we took him through two games and got past them in the end. You beat your nearest rivals in the fourth round, you say... Fifth round's got something about it like, yo, hang on. We, we could do something here. You know, we're one game away from a quarters, and actually, you know what? If, if you're one game away from a quarters, then you're only, you know, you're pretty close to being in the semifinals. And if you're in the semi-finals, who knows what could happen. <laughs> and you do just feel like that absolute fucking spiral. And I love it. Um, in terms of a couple of the other games, uh, as we mentioned, Mason United are away, they'll be playing either Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry. Uh, I sort of hope they maybe get Sheffield Wednesday for the attendance personally, but you know, again, it'll be, it'll be amazing for them, kind, kind of regardless. Um, Blackburn Rovers or Wrexham will be against Newcastle. Um, a double header of ifs and buts, but Chelsea or Villa will be playing Leeds or Plymouth, Bournemouth against Leicester, Liverpool will be against Watford or Southampton, you've got uh, Bristol City or Forest versus Man United, uh, and you've got Luton versus Man City. I mean, I, you dare to dream, because I appreciate that you know, you've know still got the likes of Chelsea, Villa, uh, Liverpool, Man United... And Man City still in the draw. And, and bearing in mind, two of those are playing each other anyway. So that's technically four really good opposition and Brighton, I suppose. But actually, if you if we somehow get past Brighton and win the quarterfinals, we've got like a well four out of seven chance, well, three out of seven chance of not playing one of those really good teams in theory.
1: There's only two yeah, teams. There right. really. Only two yeah, teams exactly.
0: So actually, there's there's a level of navigating a path to a semi final here, which is, is is fairly well off to be honest. And like you look at Wolves' home form, you, you sort of back us against anyone. I mean, particularly because we beat Man City for season as well. And like, I'm not saying oh we're going to beat them, but like uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. and uh, no, I don't
2: care. <sighs>
1: especially
2: yeah. I think with with Brighton, I think one thing that sort of counts in our favour is that that they should still be in Europe by then as well. So, yeah, I think uh, it's. I always think with a team like that, especially with the injuries they've got, their squad's a bit smaller now. You've almost got to pick your battles. So, do you go for your prem to get in the European places again? Do you go for your European adventure, or do you go for you? You know, do you go for the cup? But I, I think you put very, very hard pushed. Um, to go for all three particularly at the back end of the, of the season um, so yeah I'm not gonna say I'm not saying they're gonna throw it by any stretch of the imagination but you might find a rotated side if they've got I don't know the exact schedule of Europe but if you've got games in and around um you know the cup game it'll be another midweek week game I think with for them in that period they're going to be playing midweek and, and weekends pretty much you know regularly so um yeah you might find a bit of rotation will I hang back Yeah. Nothing to fear. Mm. Exactly. I
0: mean, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, boys. But that seems like a fantastic place to leave a show on, and hopefully we get through to the quarterfinals at some point because we are always up for a cup. I was <laughs> going to say one last uh, comment, which I'd tell you what, this would be amazing. But uh, Watford's still in the cup. I mean, it, 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 that would be a proper redemptive arc, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like Brentford, West Brom, Brighton. Knock Watford out in the quarter-final so we can progress to the semis. Put demons behind us. I'm having it all day long. Um, big thank you to everyone who has watched and listened. Uh, we love you all. Um, keep up to date, all things Wolves Fancast at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you like to get your... Um, news and views of course. Um, you know, definitely make sure you check us out this evening because, you know, between me and Dan, we've put a lot of um, you know, lot a lot of content on which should hopefully warm your heart on this Sunday evening as we all try and hopefully recover in time for work tomorrow. Um <laughs> but look um as a big thanks everyone for joining us uh it's goodbye from Pricey
1: just like to say as well um Apparently, just seeing seen that it was also Frank Skinner's birthday today, so we've ruined his day. Oh, <laughs> Happy oh, birthday, Frank.
2: <laughs> Amazing. That, <laughs> trail, what up up
0: all. What a way to end the show. Tom, I don't know if you can beat it, I but, can't beat uh, that. I cannot no, beat that. I'll no. just
2: say adi- adios and tune on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See you next time <laughs> and fuck the Albion.